Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! This time of the year, it's, it's known as Advent. And we talked about it last year, you know, the season of Advent. And, and it kicks off today. Uh, you know, it's always, uh, if you ever have trouble remembering, it's always, uh, it falls on the, uh, the closest Sunday to November 30th. And it lasts all the way through Christmas Eve on December 24th. Amen. So we're going to start our series, our Advent series. And I have a challenge at the end of this today that I, that I, that I hope you take part of as well. Um, you know, for all those that have a cellular device, sound like a whole, you know, a, you know, a senior saint, season saint when I say cell, cellular device. But uh, just a recap real quick. Um, let, let me give you this one idea to think about. Um, spark hope within your own hearts. Spark hope within your own heart. Um, just to give a recap real quick. Advent, the word Advent, it comes from the Latin term Adventus, meaning arrival or coming. So when we talk about this, we're talking about the coming of Jesus, amen? We're talking about the arrival of Jesus, particularly in the coming of something having great importance. You know, Advent, it's a season of celebration where we thank God uh, first for, uh, we thank God for Christ's first coming to earth as a baby. You know, anytime I think about that, I think about the movie Talladega Nights, you know, sweet, and it's a Jesus, eight pounds, four ounces, little baby Jesus, you know. <laughs> I don't know how much you ate, please don't put that on me. Uh, <laughs> But he waits on. We'll just say that. But we uh, during the Advent season, we get to celebrate God's first coming as Christ uh, as, uh, to earth as a baby. We get to celebrate his indwelling presence. I love this one. We get to celebrate his indwelling presence today through the Holy Spirit. That's where, you know, that's how we're able to we get the liberty to say in him we live, we move, we have our being. You know, he established that by his presence living in us. Amen. And then most importantly, through this Advent season, it's also a time where Christians focus on spiritual preparation and anticipation of his final coming at the end of time. Amen. I know it's a lot. It's a heavy one. But I promise, uh, you know, I've, uh, last year, obviously, we went through it uh, for at least four Sundays, three or four Sundays. I know the weather last year. And I remember that's when we had the tornado come through. So I'm praying that's not, you know, an issue again this year. And pray everybody stays safe, power stays on. Pray it's enough snow to kill the mosquitoes because uh, there is no, there, there's, there is worse feelings in this, but still it is, is at the top when you open up a mailbox and a swarm of mosquitoes or hornets come out of that box and you just, whoo, you know, can't, can't move the car fast enough. So, <laughs> so praying that the snow gets all the buds, but at the same time, it's enjoyable, but it doesn't harm. Amen. Um, the season of Advent, it addresses key issues such as what's the real reason we look forward to Christmas? And I remember growing up, you'd always hear that, you know, uh, you know, what is the meaning of Christmas? You know, Christ, you got to keep Christ in Christmas. Jesus is the meaning. With the season of Advent, we get to address key issues like what's the real reason we're looking forward to Christmas? You know, are we looking forward to it just because we have a, a certain wish list? You know, if you've been around the boys, bless their heart, even over Thanksgiving, uh, and I, I blame, uh, I don't even know who to blame, but it's there. Uh, and, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure you all remember as children, you probably did it too. But I remember over Thanksgiving break, we're sitting at, uh, we're sitting at uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law's house. Uh, and the TV, be, 
you know, dad could be watching whatever. He he'd be watching a, a, a there's this Vice Grip Garage. It's it's based out of Lewisburg, Tennessee. I I'm, I gotta check it out. I liked it. The moment that I found out the mechanic was based in Tennessee, I was like, ooh, I'm I'm intrigued. You know, so I'm looking him up and I'm googling trying to find where he's at. And then all of a sudden a kid commercial come on, and that's you know, Kelly. I want that. Ooh, I want that, Kenny. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want that. Next kid commercial for another two. Ooh, I want that. Yeah, I want that. You know, later on, ooh, I want that. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, hey, daddy, daddy, that's what I want. Oh, really? Because, you know, 12 commercials ago, you wanted, you know, all these other different things. And every, every tour commercial, ooh, I want that. Every, and, you know, I miss the days. Can I just take a minute? Can I just take a minute? I miss the days where kids' commercials were cereal. You know, you know, different, different brands of cereal, stuff that was more affordable, stuff you can walk into E.W. James. I'm dating myself. Stuff you can walk in E.W. James and just pull off the shelf. You know, not something you got to order and pray it don't, you know, break the bank. You got to order it and then make sure it arrives on time and ships through all that and stuff like that. Now, you know, now you, you got to worry about that. But in my day, in my day, you know, I, I want that. What do you want? I want that brand of cereal. Okay, let's try it, you know, <laughs> versus, you know, these 60 70 $80, like, watchtower toys and all this. And I'm just like, first off. You ain't got room for all those toys, okay? You ain't got room for it. You're breaking toys as it is. You're losing toys. Somebody bought you a toy. You can't even find it. It's going to, you know, it's going to turn up with Cohen's stuff. Why? Because it just, that's magically, that's what happens. The baby ends up getting all these different things. You don't need it. But, you know, with the season of Advent, we get to address the real reason uh, that we're looking forward to Christmas. We also get to celebrate how, or we get to address how we should celebrate Jesus' coming to earth in the form of a baby how we should truly celebrate that. And we also get to uh, address, are we daily allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our decision-making? Mm. Say that again. Are we daily allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our decision-making? And then last but not least, how spiritually prepared are we for when God establishes his kingdom here on earth at the end of time? How spiritually prepared are we for that? Amen. The season of Advent, it begins, like I said, uh, begins today or uh, the Sunday that falls closest to November 30th and then lasts all the way through Christmas Eve on December 24th. Um, you know, just for some fun facts, you know, if you ever look up online or go to um, different Orthodox churches, when you see them celebrate Advent, they have a wreath or they have the candle. And most of the time it's, there's four purple candles in the Advent wreath because it was 4,000 years from Adam and Eve to the birth of Jesus Christ. And then in the middle is the fifth candle, and it's the color white, representing Jesus, the spotless lamb that took away the sins of the earth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, uh, we're going to start with um, this week's theme. The first, the first theme is hope. Somebody say hope. hope. Oh, he is my hope. See, y'all, you know, we were setting you up. Oh, the joy, joy, joy of the Lord is my strength. So uh, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. If not, it's all good. Uh, we'll put it up on the screen. But today we're going to be in the uh, CSB Christian Standard um, Bible, but Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like the former times. <clears throat> will not be like the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Yeah. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea, to the land of the east of the Jordan, and to, the Gal and to Galilee of the nations. Galilee, excuse me, of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. 
You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. Verse 4, for you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. And we all probably, you probably recognize this next verse right here. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and his prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and somebody say forever. 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 <clears throat> so the people of God, they were given this prophecy through Isaiah and this prophecy, what it did is sparked hope within their hearts. Whenever they would read it or hear it, verses 1 through 7. Now, you got to think they didn't have a Bible back then. It, was, it wasn't like they could pull up a big book. They had the Torah, and they had the writings of the prophets. Um, but so whenever, they, whenever uh, someone would read the, uh, the prophet Isaiah and they would read this, hope would spark within their hearts and minds. See, hope is a state of anticipation or a confident expect expectation that a certain thing will happen. Hope is a state of anticipation or a confident expectation that a certain thing is going to happen. Amen. That's what hope is. So literally, when they would hear the when they would hear the words of Isaiah, when they would hear the words of God echoed through Isaiah, hope would rise up. Confident expectations would rise within their heart. Anticipation will bubble in their heart. You you know, yeah, for those that get paid on Friday, Thursday night comes. You get that, you, you know, you start playing in a little bit. You're like, yeah, you know, we got to pay the bills. But you know what, you know, I ain't called in any this week. So, you know, I, I deserve, I deserve. So, you know, if you plan to try to plan a trip to Zandora's to get you some red velvet ice cream, you know, you, you know, you get, you get happy. You have this confident expectation that once the check clears, once the check clears, party on, you know. You know, responsibility first, party, you know, I pay my bill, pay my tithe. And then, you know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Jetson. There we go. You know, walking down. So I'm gonna go to Jetson. I'm gonna chip fillet, baby. You know, it's the Lord's chicken. Why not reward this hard work with the Lord's chicken? You know, they had. <laughs> I feel like I'm speaking from a personal sense, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> There's times when I work around in Jetson, especially when I work the heavy routes, and I'm like. I'm just dog tired. Like I'm so, it's, it's so tired. I, there ain't no, there ain't no woo, there ain't no woo in me. I'm just dog tired. And Kess like, what you want? I'm like, I'm just gonna have to get the Lord's chicken. I worked for it. But sometimes I'll be like, like, babe, I don't know. I get you the Lord's chicken. You deserve it. And I'm like, you know what? I do. I do deserve it. <laughs> Putting these letters in these boxes, I deserve it. You know. <laughs> But the people of Israel, they had this confident expectation, the fact when they heard the words of the Lord. And that should be like us. We should have this confident expectation when we hear the words of the Lord, when we read the words of the Lord. Amen. The promise that Isaiah pinned down was like a needle. Watch this. It was like a needle on a compass showing them the direction in which they should focus all their confident expectations. When they heard the writings of, the, uh, of God through the, or when they read the writings of God through Isaiah, it was like a needle on a compass showing them the direction that they should focus their expectations on. Let me, let me, let me reframe it this way. 
and I actually tried this one time as a youth pastor. We tried as a youth pastor one time. But say just just for just for this analogy, say I say I made you a, a cup of uh, lemonade or a cup of tea, you know, or even Kool Aid or, or whatever. And uh, you know, I made it, got this big picture, got a nice fancy picture. Went to Target and got the picture. Didn't go to Walmart. Went to Tar Target. Went to Target. Poured it all in there. Got the nice little spatulas. Got the nice cups, the Chinette cups. You know, here you go. Here's your tea. And uh, and right before you drink it, I'll tell you, guess what? I didn't put any sugar in it. Instantly, you take a drink of that, you gonna, it's going to taste what? Bitter. It's going to taste bitter. It's going to taste plain. Some of y'all be like, baby, like, why, why, why are you putting no sugar in it? You know? I remember, uh, I think it was our, one time when I was down there, I did this experiment. I made, I, yeah, made some lemonade. Do you remember that, Kels? Made lemonade. <laughs> woo Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I did it at both places. Oh, bless my heart. But uh, we uh, had a youth service, and I made lemonade on purpose with no sugar, with no sugar, just the lemon, the water, the little lemonade mitts. I said, all right, everybody, just get you some lemonade. And I, I, uh, I waited till right before the sermon was about to start. I said, all right, drink some lemonade. We're going we're gonna to sip and we're going to sip and just chop up the tits, chop up the word. And uh, they, <laughs> they drank it. <laughs> Their faces, Pastor Lindsay, you made this? And I say, yeah, I made it. What's wrong with it? It needs sugar. I said, what? I said, I said so I went around the room. I said, so what do you think? What do you think it needs? I need sugar. What do you think it needs? It needs sugar. What do you think? It needs a lot of sugar. I said, so we all agree the bitterness of this drink has got you believing that it needs sugar, right? And it's like, yeah. And uh, one girl, she was smart enough. She's like, uh-oh, he done set us up. I said, you're right. I set you up. I said, so the bitterness of this drink all pointed you to the direction of the true solution that would fix it, right? And they're like, yeah. I said, the same goes with Advent or the same goes with the scriptures. You know, with everything that's going on in the world, all the bitterness, all the obscurity, all the darkness should point us to one direction. All right, not the band, but it should point us to the, the direction of that, you know what? There is somebody, not just anybody, but there is somebody that is eternal that can fix all that needs to be fixed. There is somebody that is eternal that can stick with me closer than any of my best friends or any siblings. There is somebody that is eternal that loves me regardless of what I bring to the table or what I don't bring to the table. There is somebody eternal who is for me, who is my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light even in the midst of darkness he can go into the darkness and make the darkness tremble amen? amen the things of this world should point us towards jesus amen somebody say jesus. jesus see jesus is exactly what god has to say about himself let me give you some theology real quick jesus is exactly what god has to say about himself you know, think about it this way, you know, parents, you know, if somebody's like, well, describe yourself, you know, well, you know, a little bit of me is in Kellen, a little bit of me is in Keenan, a little bit of me is in Cohen, a little bit of Kelsey's in Kellen, a little bit of Kelsey's in Keenan. It's the same with God. God, describe yourself, Jesus. There, there's no variation. In fact, Hebrews chapter one says that Jesus is the express or the exact image of God, not a replica. You, you ever bought a jersey or, or seen a, or a, a replicated item or replicated artifact or replicated painting? You know, you can go to museums here in America and see a replicated pain, a painting of the Mona Lisa, but it's not the exact Mona Lisa. You know, and, you know, with that replicated painting, you can, you can see like a gloss effect over it where it's been copied and printed on another paper. Jesus isn't like that. 
Jesus isn't, you know, a, a copy. He's the exact expressed image of God. If you want to know how God feels about you, you look at Jesus. Not just look at him, you gaze upon Jesus. Amen? See, we talked about that last week and, and the last few weeks, and even last year, we've talked about the importance of gazing upon Jesus. Think about it this way. The right direction in your life is the one that looks like Jesus. The right direction in your life is the direction that looks like Jesus. Does it land me at the feet of Jesus? Nor better, does it land me at the heart of Jesus? Does it land me at the heart of Jesus? If it doesn't, if it takes me somewhere else, then guess what? That's not the path I need to be on. That's not the person I need to be with. That's not the job I need to, I need to give my life to. That's not the, that's not the family member I need, to, I need to spend my days with. That's not the type of shows I need to put my heart into. That's not the type of music that I need to run to when, when I'm feeling emotional or feeling weak or feeling hangry or feeling depressed or feeling anxious. If it doesn't look like Jesus, then guess what? Spoiler alert, we just need to move away from it. See, the nation of Israel, they understood that when, when that the, their hope was arising, not because of what they brought to the table, but because they heard the words of God through Isaiah. They heard the promise of how there was going to come the magnificent counselor, the one who was going to put the government on his shoulders and free them and redeem them. And hope would rise up. Confident expectations would rise up. Uh, they, would, they, would, they would be able to hold their head up and know that, okay, no matter what I'm going to, there, there is a Savior that's coming. One day there is, there's going to be a Savior that's going to come, and he's going to redeem me, and he's going to rescue me. Amen? Amen. Like I said, but that, 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 you know, with the drink where it points you to the fact that it needed sugar. This life, it should point us to the fact that Jesus is the right direction. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. Amen? So understanding this, there's the, some of the biggest things that we've seen take place this year, obviously COVID-19. COVID-19, it has not let up. I know there's some jobs where the policies change, you know, but at the end of the day, COVID-19 has not let, let up. RSV has taken a, 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 an increase. Um, flu is taking an increase. Supply chain shortages. Oh, my Lord, I'm not going to, I'll move off for this, but I can, Kelsey laughs every time because if something's out, I'm like, ah. Another shortage, you know, another chicken wing shortage. I mean, how do you run out of chicken wings? I mean, you mean to tell me I'm, I'm taking, yeah, I'm going there. You mean to tell me everybody in the country just decided, oh, I want chicken wings. And we just all buy chicken wings and now we're out of, how do you run out of chicken wings? I don't understand it. Toilet paper, I kind of, I know I don't because, I, yeah, I just don't understand that one either. The toilet, toilet paper, toilet, toilet paper shortage. There we go. I don't understand that one. How we just run out of TP. I mean, it didn't, didn't make sense, but supply chain shortages. We've seen that this year, like, well, since 2020 and, uh, you know, everybody predicted that after 2020 was over, 20, uh, 2021 come and, you know, things should be, you know, resurfacing back on the shelves. And then it, it doesn't feel like that. I mean, we, I've spent the last two, maybe three weeks trying to order one particular item from Walmart and they just ain't got it. They promised that they got it. And then when it comes time to pick it up, you get a little text. Oh, we cannot fulfill your order. I knew you couldn't. Okay, you had one job. Just keep this on the shelf. But, you know, we live in a world today where COVID-19 is on the rise. There's supply chain shortages. The war in the Ukraine. There's a rise in more cyber attacks. There's a rise in people walking away from the faith. There's a rise in improper and out of context, unhealthy deconstruction. There's a rise in gender re-identification. There is a rise in a wave of people believing that true love can be found within an algorithm by swiping left or right. 
There is a rise in inflation. There is a rise in unemployment. There is a rise in a significant, uh, there's a significant rise in gas prices. Amen. There's, you know, there's a, uh, the, the changing of the tides in this country's leaders and decision makers. There's a rise in mass shootings at schools or, or social events or, or grocery stores, auto parts stores, post office. I mean, it feels like everywhere you look, there is one there. There's one happening every couple of weeks, if not even, if, if shorter than that. Amen. And just like, watch this, just like the bitter drink, every dark and obscure thing that is taking place this year should direct your focus or gaze upon Jesus. Amen? Amen. When we look at the news and we hear that there's another shooting, yes, we pray for them, but obviously, here's what, here's what we don't do. We don't fear and we don't get scared. The moment that we hear something like that has happened, instantly we should lock our gaze upon Jesus. Lock our gaze, lock our focus upon the one who can defend us, the one who is our great defender. I mean, we sing it on Sunday, but well, how, much, how much more is it not just to sing it on Sunday, but the moment that you turn on the news and you hear some calamity or chaos is happening, you're able to say, hallelujah, great defender, so much better your way. In the moments of when the, when the money is tight, how much, how much more is it to be able to say, you know, when I thought you lost me, you knew where I left me. You are the defender of my heart. It's not enough just to sing it on Sunday morning, but how, how, how awesome is it? How much more beautiful is it to be able to sing it on a Monday night when nobody else is around and it's just you and your feelings? It's just you and your insecurities. It's just you and the news cycle. Amen? Amen. See, see, just like the bitter drink, every dark and obscure thing has taken place this year should, uh, should direct your focus or gaze upon Jesus. You can spark hope within your, within your own heart by gazing upon Jesus. You can spark hope. Just like the nation of Israel sparked hope when they read the writings of Isaiah. You, somebody say me. You can spark hope. It's not, it's not the job of your pastor. It's not the job of your mentor. It's not the job of your parent. It's not the job of your best friend. It's not the job of your cousin's cousin's cousin twice removed, auntie. It's your job to spark hope within your own heart by gazing upon Jesus. Amen? Amen. You spark hope within your heart by gazing upon Jesus. What do you spark within your heart when you gaze upon the news? What do you spark upon? What do you spark at within your heart when you gaze upon the news, or when you listen to gossip, or when we listen to the wrong type of entertainment, or when we watch the wrong type of entertainment, or when we read the wrong materials, or when we're just hanging in the wrong type of spaces? What, what, what do you think is sparking within your heart? Where do you think that anxiety comes from, or that perpetual cycle of depression, that perpetual cycle of up one day, down the nets, up one day, down the nets, up one day, down? I, I, Am I talking to anybody this morning? I know I'm talking about myself, but what, where, where do we think those things come from? They had to be, they had to be fed somewhere. Amen. You know, a, a car doesn't produce its gas. It's got to go get gas. Amen. You have to go to a gas station to refuel it. Where do you think that anxiety, where do you think it gets refueled from? Let's take a minute and think about this. Where, where do you think the depression gets refueled from? Where do you think the fears, where do you think the triggers, where do you think the trauma, where do you think the anxiety, where do you think the anger, where do you think the loneliness, where do you think it gets refueled from? It gets refueled from the things that we're gazing upon, the things that you have locked focus on, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. That's why it's important to gaze upon Jesus. 
Focus upon him. And even when you can't see him, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when you can't see it, that's when you have to close your eyes and trust and know, okay, God, I, right, it don't feel like you're with me. Lord, it don't feel like you're helping me. My bank account says the one thing, but Lord, your promises are yes and amen. So, Lord, if you've promised me this, then I, then I know, even though I can't see it, I can't feel it, I know, I know beyond a shadow of doubt, my grip upon your promises will not loosen, Lord, but I, it gets tighter as I can't see you. I mean, you, you, see, we set you up good this morning. Y'all thought we was just singing for singing. No, no, no. No, 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 sweetheart. No, no, no. It's time to practice what we sing. See, growing up, we always said, well, let's practice what we preach. Let's practice what we sing. Come tomorrow when things get tough or whenever things get tough in your life, even, Lord, I, I can't see you right now. And sometimes I have to close my eyes. Don't do it while you're behind the wheel. Please don't do it while you're behind the wheel. But if you had to pull over and just, just get into a space where you just close your eyes for a minute and say, okay, Lord, I can't see you right now. I, I, Lord, I, I'm not going based off my feelings. I don't walk by my feelings. I don't walk by my sight. I don't walk by my flesh. Lord, I walk by the promises that you have made in my life. I don't, I, Lord, I'm, I, I can't see you right now, but I know. I know, Lord. I know because if you said in your word that if, if you even told one iota of a lie, heaven and earth will pass away. And guess what, Lord? We're all still here. So therefore, your promises are true. Amen. They're coming, Lord. They're coming. They, I may not see them right now, Lord, but I know, I know behind the curtain you are working. Yeah. I know behind the curtain you are pulling all, you're working all things together for my good. I know you're doing it. Yeah. And guess what? As you begin to go through that kind of, that cycle, next thing you know, hope is going to spark within you to the point that you're going to look around and everything, everybody else is miserable, but you got a smile on your face. Everybody else is miserable, but you, there's just something about you. People, man, why are you so happy? Why, why are you so confident? Let me tell you why I'm confident. Because my God cannot lie to me. He will not lie to me. He loves me to the point that he's got my back. He is protecting me and providing me. And guess what? You begin the hope that's been sparked within you. Now you are taking it to somebody else and you are sparking hope within them. Amen. I remember as a kid when we do Fourth of July, uh, back this really day myself. But I remember the first time I had a, uh, somebody gave me a sparkler, and I, the, the memory was great because it was me, KJ, of course, uh, uh, Jeremy, and Jermaine. They were a little bit older, a few of their friends, and one of them uh, they gave KJ a sparkler, and he lit it. He's like, hey, Lindsay, 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 let me let me show you. So he gave me one, and he held it, and instantly I remember it was like magic, Miranda. Oh God, you were there too. It was like magic, and my little sparkler lit, and I was like, wow. And I never forgot it. I didn't have to do anything to get it to sparkle. It was somebody else's fire that caused my little sparkle just to, just to go to be what it was created to be. There's things in you that can cause other people their purpose to unlock and awaken. How does that happen? By sparking hope within you. How does that hope get sparked within you? By gazing upon Jesus. By locking eyes with what he says in his word. By locking eyes with what you experience through prayer time. By locking eyes with what you experience by singing, not just at church, but on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays when you're going to the doctor, on Fridays when you're cashing the check, when you're folding the laundry, singing his praises, meditating on his word day and night, night and day until hope arises. Amen. Amen. Woo. Woo. And we get to do that. We don't have to. We get to. 
See, when you, uh, this morning, <laughs> bless his heart, where, uh, where Kelly's had his arm broke, this morning when we're getting ready, Kelsey in the bathroom, I'm getting ready for, I'm putting the clothes on them. And, uh, you know, Kena, he's used to, last two Sundays, he's been with me. So, Daddy, we going to church? I'm like, yeah. And I noticed he had a little, he had a little, 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 little cocky little walk to him. He said, we're going to church today, right? I said, yeah. He said, all right. Did like that? I was like, okay. And, uh, and uh, never, I didn't tell you this, Kelsey, I forgot about it. But literally, no lie. And uh, I said, all right, Kellen, stand up. I'm going to get your clothes ready. Brother's going to church. I said, yeah, brother's going my brother going to church. <laughs> but I, I, he said, why brother have to go to church? And I said, I said, well, first off, he doesn't have to go. He gets to go. And uh, I said, but yeah, him and mommy and baby Cohen, they're coming to church. Why they have to go to church? <laughs> Again, Kenan, <laughs> they don't have to go. They get to go. About that time, it, it kicks in for Kellen. I have to go to church, Kellen. Everybody sit down. We don't have to go. We get to go. Everybody sit. I was, I was, boy, say it with me. We get to go. We get to go, you know. <laughs> but when you have to do something, it's out of obligation. But when you get to do, it's out of opportunity. Amen. I'm going to say that again. When you have to do something, it's obligation. But when you get to, it's opportunity. I get to love my wife. I don't have to. I get to love my wife. I, I, hey, hey, you could have just left it there, all right? <laughs> I get to love my children. I don't have to. I get to. I get to love my neighbors. Watch this. I get to love my enemies. Well, Lindsay, Jesus told us to love our enemies. Yeah, Jesus told us to love our enemies. But what's going to spark hope within you to love your enemy better? Thinking, of, thinking you're going to love them out of obligation or thinking that you get the opportunity to love them? I get to love my boss. I get to love the coworkers that I don't get along with. I get to love the customers that call and complain. I get to love the bill collectors. Oh, Lindsay. I get I get to love I get to love the leaders that are over our country. Well, Lindsay, I didn't vote for them. Don't matter. Lindsay, they're not in my party. You listen, you you're not a part of any left or right. I heard I heard a minister say it this way. Everybody that puts so much stock in the left in the left party or the right party, Jesus had the left and the right on both sides and at the cross. Amen. Had had both had both sides when he was on the cross at the left. A thief over here, a murderer over here. And he split the middle. Intentionally. Why? Because when it comes to following Jesus, there's no left or right party that you, can, that you can pledge your allegiance to. Your allegiance belongs to the kingdom. Your allegiance belongs to the one that you are willing to gaze your eyes upon. Amen? <clears throat> Watch this. In, in Psalms chapter 16, I, wanna, I want us to give us a practice of gazing our eyes upon Jesus via scripture. In Psalms chapter 16, verse 9. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. I feel him. Psalms chapter 16, uh, I think I said 7 through 11, right? Okay, 7 through 11 in the Passion Translation says this, The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. Ouch. How many, how many well, as a kid, when your parents corrected you, how many, how, when they get you with a switch, you'd be like, I just love you so much now that you disciplined me. Nobody ever said that. Nobody ever said that. But that's maturity enough to the point where we can be disciplined and corrected by God. The way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. Watch this. For your whispers in the night. I love this. Give me wisdom showing me what to do next. 
See, when we gaze upon Jesus, what do, what do we get in, what do we get, uh, in, in, in return? His whispers in the night. Not just nighttime, not just in the midnight hour, but I'm talking about those times where it seems dark in your life. And the whispers, just his whisper alone is enough to give you wisdom, showing you what to do next. Amen? Amen. Verse 8. <clears throat> because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken, for I experience your wraparound presence every moment. See, it's a choice we have to make. Because I set you, one version says, because I set you, Yahweh, always close to me. Because I set, because you are close to me and always available, my confidence will never be shaken. The moment that we choose to bring him close to us, your confidence, the result of bringing him close to you is your confidence will never be weakened. Or in this, your confidence will never be shaken. You will experience his wraparound presence every moment. When you can't see it, you can still feel him. You can still trust and know that he's there. Amen. Amen. Verse 9 says this, my heart and soul, the moment that we choose him, your heart and soul will explode with joy. Somebody say joy full of glory, even my body will rest confident and secure. Confident and secure. When's the last time you were fully confident and secure? That means that we need to put our gaze upon Jesus, amen? amen. Verse 10, watch this. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. Verse 11, for you bring me a continual, mm, Revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. See how it all comes back full circle? When we gaze upon Jesus, when we gaze upon Jesus, amen? amen. So, so, so all, and all we're doing right now before we, uh, all we're doing right now is just gazing upon Jesus through scripture. Literally, I'm showing you how to gaze upon Jesus through scripture. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7, it says this, the person who trusts in the Lord whose confidence indeed is, is the Lord, is blessed. The person who trusts, we said hope is confident expectation. The person who trusts is in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is the Lord, is blessed. Let me say it this way. You're blessed when you trust in the Lord. Simple as that. Amen. You put your trust and confidence in the Lord, you're blessed. Amen. You're blessed. There's no, there's no stipulations. There's no Put your trust and confidence in Jesus. Amen. Let's gaze, upon, let's gaze upon Jesus more with another scripture. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. <clears throat> Is anybody kind of getting this so far? Uh, the, the, the practice, the spiritual practice of gazing. Don't, don't think of reading the Bible as, okay, I'm just going to read the scriptures. No. Think of the Bible as, you know what? I want to I see Jesus. Let me gaze upon him in scripture. And you, uh, you open the Bible and you look and see. Verse 5 says this, and this hope is not a disappointed fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I love this because it said, and this hope is not a disappointed fantasy. Why did it use that vernacular? Because the world will tell you that following Jesus is a waste of time. Showing up on a Sunday morning, singing to a God you cannot see is a waste of time. But taking the high road is a waste of time. Believing and putting your trust and confidence is a waste of time. But, the, but Paul said that this hope is not a disappointed fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God. You, get, you and I, we get to, we don't have to, we get to experience the endless love of God. 
cascading. One translation says pouring into your heart through the Holy Spirit who lives in you. That's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does as he lives in you. He, he allows the, 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 the love of God to cascade. Can I, when I think of the word cascade, can I tell you what I think of? You're going to laugh. But I remember the first time in Pigeon Forge, we went to the Krispy Kreme factory. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. So it's a miracle in itself. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, I would just love it. And I remember when I moved to Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, somebody told me, hey, have you been to Krispy Kreme? And I was like, man, I ain't seen a Krispy Kreme. No, it's in Chattanooga. I'm like, ah. Oh. That's worth the drive, though. <laughs> so me, Peyton, Nick, and T, we load up in his little silver, uh, his little uh, gold forerunner. He had this gold forerunner. We go to, we go over to Krispy Kreme, and it was about that time they, the hot light wasn't on yet. So I'm like, oh, the hot light ain't on. And Peyton's like, just wait a minute. Let's just go in there and see. And uh, they was getting ready to turn it on because they just put in a fresh batch of donuts. And we watch it as it comes through, and we're sitting like little kids. Kid just nose pressed against the glass. And as it's coming through the conveyor belt, the cream is just cascading over the donut. I was like, oh, my Lord. And about as, as t once it gets to the end of the line, I kid you not, you know what happened? The hot light turned on. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, what is this? And any time I read this verse or read any or hear the word cascaded, and I think about how that cream just cascaded over that donut. And Paul said that the love of God through the Holy Spirit, it pours, it cascades over you. See, in a, in a world where depression is cascading over us, where anxiety, where misery, where brokenness, where bitterness is being beaten and poured upon us, the Holy Spirit allows the love of God to pour, to cascade over you. It saturates every iota of you, saturates every cell, every, every, every member of your brain, every blood cell. <coughs> it saturates over us. It cascades over us. Amen? Let me close with this. Let's gaze upon Jesus. I have one more scripture. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. I'm having too much fun with this. I'm having too much fun. Maybe me want to go get a donut now. But I'm about to drive to Memphis. I ain't going to do it. Drive Nashville before I drive to Memphis. Verse 12, Paul says this, let this hope burst forth within you. This hope, what hope is he talking about? The trust and confidence that you have being the beloved of God. The trust and confidence that you have being the beloved of God. We said before that beloved, beloved all it means is the same way the father loves the son, he loves you. Amen. You know, God isn't, you know, I've heard people compare to God as a coach. God isn't a coach, you know, because football coaches, basketball coaches, they had their favorites. How do, Lindsay, how do you know they had their favorites? Well, there's a starter, there's starters, and then there's second string, there's third string. There's, you know, if the third string, break, if the third string breaks, then we got to get the fifth string out. You know what I mean? Like, God isn't like a coach. <laughs> oh, God isn't like a coach. God is the Father. God is the Father. And guess what? The same way he loves Jesus, the same way that he loves Jesus, the same way that he loves Jesus, the same way he loves Jesus, it's the same way that not only he loves you, but he will take care of you. He will provide for you. He will, he will pick you up when you have fallen. He will be with you. He will stick closer than any sibling or best friend that you've ever had. That type of hope, that type of confidence we place in Jesus and the scripture says, let this hope burst forth within you. Burst. Amen. Burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Ooh. 
releasing a continual joy. So that means that this, this thing that we're talking about, it's got to go past Sunday morning service. That means that we got to practice gazing upon Jesus, not just right now as we read our scripture, but that means when we get home, we got to find time to gaze upon Jesus in scripture, or we got to find time to gaze upon Jesus through prayer, or gaze upon Jesus uh, through, even through music, the music we listen to. There's certain, there's certain worship songs that can take me to the, the presence of God just immediately. There's, and it's not saying that all Christian music is bad. There's certain Christian songs that are for certain Christian scenarios. You know, I'm pretty, uh, as much as I love them, there's only maybe one or two skillet songs I could listen to that I'm like, ah, the presence of the Lord. There's not a whole lot of skillet songs I could listen to. I'm like, all right, Jesus, Yahweh. No, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, I love Kirk Franklin. There's not a whole lot of Kirk Franklin songs where I just be like, oh, stomp. Yes, God, stomp. <laughs> Can't do that. I love Fred Hammond. There's not a whole lot of Fred. There's some Fred Hammond where I could be, Jesus, Jesus, oh, you the living word, God. There's not a whole lot of his songs where I could be like, yes, mm, blessed, blessed. Mm. Can't, can't do that. Doesn't mean that they're bad, but there's certain Christian songs for certain Christian scenarios. There, so we can, there's certain, there's certain worship songs or certain Christian songs that you can pull and, and use that as an avenue to gaze upon Jesus. Amen. I'll be honest, there's certain worship songs that I can't listen to when I'm driving because I know I'm going to go there instantly, and it ain't going to be good. I, I got to maintain the wheel. You know, when we my road trip playlist, I do have some Christian music on there, but, like, the true, like, deep worship songs, they don't go on there. They don't go there. Defender, I love Defender. It ain't on my road trip playlist It ain't because we're going to need a Defender. Because, <laughs> uh, oh, he's Kelsey, take the wheel. Take it, Kelsey. Take it. Oh, he's so good. Oh, kids, receive it right now. Receive it. He's, he's in the van. He's in the van, you know. <laughs> you know, there's certain things. But, but, but all this, I'll say that to, to say this. There's, there's, we are not without opportunities to gaze upon Jesus. We may live in a world where, you know, the, the, the supply and demand is short, the supply is, is great, or the demand on the, the product is great, but the supply for it is, is, is little. We, we, that's not the same with the kingdom of God. What your heart needs in God, there's plenty of it in God. What your heart needs from the kingdom of God, there's plenty of it. Gaze upon him, amen? amen. It said, watch this, uh, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Watch this. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but communion with God with all times. Commune with God at all times. Don't give up in a time of trouble. When I was younger and even when I was uh, at Bible college, I would hear Zona say this all the time. Jesus, I worship you. And as a kid, when she said that, I'd be like, ah, sitting in my chair in Gatlinburg, ah. And I'd be in Bible college when she would say that, I'm like, it was clicking a little bit, and, I, and even now, I'm like, I get it. But she would, it, no matter what, she'd be like, Jesus, when she'd get frustrated, Jesus, I worship you. When she'd be frustrated with what was going on in her body, Jesus, I worship you. Let me encourage you, church. When trouble comes, maybe, some of, maybe you need to stand in front of the mirror or pull out your phone and flip it on selfie mode to where you can see yourself and say, and say I will not give up in time of trouble. Don't give up in time of trouble. 
Don't give up in time of trouble. Maybe you need to write it on your mirror, write it on a sticky note, whatever you need to do, but see yourself saying this. Don't give up in time of trouble. That way it's you encouraging you to don't give up in time of trouble. Don't give up in time of trouble. Don't give up in time of trouble. Lindsay, how many, how many times you going to say this until it hits in your heart? Don't give up in time of trouble. Don't give up in time of trouble. Tomorrow when you get up in the morning, when you're looking in the mirror, don't give up in time of trouble. When people frustrate you, pull out that phone to where you can see yourself and see your reflection. Don't give up in time of trouble. Amen. Point at yourself. Don't give up in time of trouble. Don't give up in time of trouble. Lindsay, this is crazy. Guess what? Science has proven. Listen, there's an author that wrote a book called The High Five Habit. And I'm going to spoil it for you so I can save you some money. All it is is this process of waking up in the morning, looking at yourself in the mirror, and reminding yourself that, you know what? You got this. And high five the mirror. And people, people ridiculed her and said, man, that, that, that's the dumbest thing until they tried it. And that's, you know, something unlocked within them. Hope unlocked within them that they can tackle the day. Why? Because they saw themselves encouraging themselves to be themselves. Don't give up in time of trouble. Remind yourself of who you truly are. Remind yourself of who you truly are. I just saved you $19.99, by the way. Remind yourself of who you're, don't give up in time of trouble. When I read that last night, everybody's asleep. I'm literally stumping the floor in the closet saying, don't give up in time of trouble, Lindsay. Don't give up in time of trouble, Lindsay. Don't give up when the bills are due. Don't give up when people leave you. Don't give up when people die. Don't give up when people talk about you. Don't give up when people lie. Don't give up when you haven't found love. Don't give up when you don't have money. Don't give up when you got to stay longer at work. Don't give up when the kids aren't listening to you. Don't give up when people don't want to have anything to do with you. Don't give up when you're doing the same thing you did yesterday, the same thing you did last year. Don't give up, church. Don't give up, church. Don't give up, church. Don't give up, church. Don't give up. Now, why would you tell somebody not to give up unless there was potential in them to do greater than they could ever imagine? See, the, co the, the, the coach never told Michael Jordan, hey, hey, don't give up unless Michael Jordan, unless they saw that Michael Jordan could be Michael Jordan. Why would Paul tell us not to give up unless he knew that the God that was in you is greater than what you are facing? Amen. Why would Paul tell us unless he knew? He had this understanding that, you know what, greater is in you than that is than anything that you are facing, anything that you are going through. Amen? Amen. Don't give up in time of trouble. What's the alternative of not giving up? It's in the scripture. It says commune. Commune with God at all times. And I'm done. Commune with God at all times. What's the, after we, after we, after you've encouraged yourself not to give up in time of trouble? Okay, Lindsay, what am I supposed to do next? Communion with God. Commune with God. Talk with him. Not to. Why? Because it's not meant to be a monologue. It's a dialogue. Talk with. Give him a chance to speak to you. Give him a chance to show you the way. The way out, amen. The way of escape. Give him a chance to show you. Commune with God. Commune with God. We said it earlier, but this year he's desiring people to be people of communion. That's what he wants us to be, people of communion, not just people that, that, that take the grape juice and take the bread every day or every week. No, he wants, he, he's desiring people that can come to him and gaze upon him. Gaze upon him, amen? 
gaze upon him, commune with God at all times. Woo! Commune with him at all times. Commune with him at all times. Commune with him at all times. Don't give up, church. In this season, Lindsay, how does all this relate to Christmas? How does all this relate to the coming of Jesus? Well, the nation of Israel, they saw the coming of Jesus as it sparked hope within their hearts. And I said it at the very beginning of this, you spark hope within your own heart. That's your challenge, spark hope within your own heart. When you leave here, guess what? The kids are gonna be the kids. The car is going to be the car. The weather is going to be the weather. News is going to be the news. But through the, despite all that, you spark whatever it takes, whatever it takes to spark hope in your heart. If that means that you have to turn certain shows or movies or music off, or you have to you have to send certain calls to voicemail, or you have to go eat alone, or you have to, or if you desire a certain type of food and nobody else wants it, you go get that. Spark hope within your heart. Spark hope within your heart. Do whatever it takes to point yourself back to Jesus. Do whatever it takes to, to, be that comp, to be that needle in the compass that points you in the direction that lands you at the heart of God. Whatever it takes. I am in a mode of whatever it takes. There's certain things that, there's certain goals that I have for me and my family, and I'm in the mode of, mode of whatever it takes for those things to happen. And I remember one day, God, I'm like, God, man, I'm just tired. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. He said, yeah, you're whatever it takes. It's not, and you're not focused on the right direction. There's nothing wrong with whatever it takes, but Lindsay, you, you got to be in a, in a mindset of whatever it takes for me to, to gaze my eyes upon you. He said, because if you can focus on my kingdom first, all other things will be added unto you. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, Lord, that's right. Okay, so let me. So now, Lord, let me flip my let me flip my initiative or agenda. Whatever, not whatever it takes for me to accomplish my list for our family, but Lord, whatever it takes for me to surrender to you, and then everything else will be added. Whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. If it takes me standing at the standing to stare at the mirror, don't give up, Lindsay. Okay, I'll do that. If it takes me not accepting a certain job offer because then my life will be buried in that and there'll be no time for God, okay, Lord, whatever it takes. If it takes me staying somewhere for a little bit longer, whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever it takes to surrender all of me. Whatever it takes to gaze my eyes upon you. Church, whatever it takes to gaze your eyes upon Jesus, pay it. Pay it. The, the price for it is willingness for you just to say yes. Just say yes. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord, I can't see you, I can't feel you, but I, I know, I know you won't leave me. And, when you, and we, we allow that to spark hope within our hearts. Amen? Allow that to spark hope in our hearts.